It's your name, it's your name, it's your name. And uh, they say it ain't Gang Green. Gang Green. The New York Jets. Have their man. The Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break. The great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. Woo! We're talking about the process at which we do things. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the ground. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not going to have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rep. Own this rep. The New York Jets. We can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name's Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than Michael Lagaris, everybody. You know it, everybody. was good. And you know we have him in the building this week, the number one tight end in collegiate football history. The big Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk in the building. Kronk, what's up, man? What is going on, everybody? And you see him in the bottom right corner, the number one high school football coach in the nation today. My cousin, Sammy, Sammy O'Hare. What's up, Sammy? What's going on? Jeff fans, what's going on? Coming off a of bye week, so we don't got a game to chop it up about. We did that last uh, last week, guys, when we were talking about the Bills game. Obviously, that game was tremendous. Huge win for the Jets. I'm still riding high. I still have a little gas in the tank just off that game from a few weeks ago. This week, we're going to talk about Jets' packs. We're going to get into uh, the Michael Nania article from Jets' X-Factor where he ranked players 1 through 59, which I thought was pretty cool. Kind of like a Jet player power ranking for everyone that's actually played this season so far. That'll be fun. We're going to give out some mid-season awards here, guys. But before we do that, before we get into that, I mean, last week we didn't play, as we know. But there was an AFC's team that played. Fresh off a loss to the Jets, the Buffalo Bills went ahead and battled the Minnesota Vikings, a home game for the Bills. Vikings go in there, down 27-10. to 10. Dalvin Cook, 70-yard touchdown run. Another touchdown drive, it's 23-27. to 27. The game gets all the way to the end. You think, oh, they, the Vikings fought, but they came up short. And what happens, guys? On the one-yard line, the one-yard line, a fumble by Michael Garris's favorite quarterback. Fumble. Josh Allen recovered by the Vikings touchdown? Are you kidding me right now? The absolute most bizarre, ridiculous ending to a football game you can possibly imagine. 99.99999 chance of winning the game right there for the Bills. And they somehow managed to blow it. Still get the field goal. Still push to overtime. Can't stop the Vikings, but hold him to a field goal. What did Josh Allen do in overtime, Michael? What does he do, Michael? Interception! Game's over! Mike, you've been saying it. Josh Allen, very talented quarterback, going to put up great stats always because of his physical capabilities. But the second week in a row, maybe he's injured, maybe he's not. Who cares, right, Mike? He played. He played, so who cares about that? Cost his team the game. Horrible fumble. Horrible interception. Had another interception earlier in the game, Mike. I think Michael Garris right now might be one of the happiest Jet fans in the world seeing his favorite quarterback struggle and take another L versus the Vikings. Um, you, what's that sound from Twilight Zone? <laughs> what if I told you <laughs> mid-November that the Jets 
would have a better record than the Buffalo Bills, what would you have said? You would have you would have been like, yo, you off your rocker, son. Jets ain't gonna have a better record than the Bills. Well, they do. Well, they do because we beat you head to head and we're ahead. Who would have thought? Josh Allen is who he is, man. I mean, talented quarterback. We talked about his similarities to Cam Newton. We talked about his rocket arm. But if you're talking, is he really someone who dissects defenses? Is he somebody who has a strong mind in how to play that position from an intellectual perspective? I would say no. And uh, and you saw it again um, with his propensity. I think he leads the league in, in interceptions. I think that that is accurate statement. Um, but that's that's who he is. And again, is he a problem? Yeah, he's a problem. But uh, he's going to have to figure way, figure it out going forward because he's not going to survive in the league with the abuse that his body takes, uh, being able to scare defenses on the run. So look, they lost. Um, I'm sure they're going to be pretty pissed off going forward. Um, we're going to have a big week against them when we go to Buffalo. Um, that could mean a lot in, in so many ways. But this loss really on so many dimensions is, is just tremendous for the New the York Jets. It's tremendous. Not, not only our position uh, in the AFC East, but their divisional record. Um also, the AFC as a whole, now the pa- Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have a better path to get that number one seed. Um, there, you know, you look now and the Jets record um, is definitely doable. We could, There's a real possibility that the New York Jets can win this division. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I'm telling you that right now. So that was a pretty good weekend. The, the Dolphins won, but hey, I'll take I'll take a, the Hill people L, all day. Yeah, and the Patriots, uh, we know they're five and four also right now. The Dolphins won. They're sitting at seven and three. Jets six and three. Bills six and three. You look at the remaining schedules, though, guys. I'm loving what it's looking like for the Jets. Sammy, you were able to watch some of that game. You saw Josh Allen kind of struggle at the end. Did you see? Get a chance to see that catch by Justin Jefferson. I mean, and I know people are saying it's the greatest catch of all time. I don't know about that. It was a great catch. It's up there. I think in the context, Sammy, that his kind of other arm was being held and he pulled it down, somehow held onto the ball. That was a tremendous catch. Justin Jefferson basically put the team on his back in the second half, along with our boy Dwayne's favorite quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, I think personally, sorry, Dwayne, but I think personally, Jefferson makes up for a ton of mistakes. Okay, because that dude catches balls that if you just put it in his radius, it's coming down. He the, the defender had two hands on that football and it looked like a sure thing pick. And he basically ripped it out with one hand. The tremendous amount of athletic ability and strength to do that alone against another NFL player is absolutely absurd. Right. And even Diggs made that ridiculous catch. I think it's yeah. super rare where you see that exchange of, or, or a trade pan out where both guys end up being complete studs for each team. Um, but I think Jefferson's a different kind of talent. And and he put it on display nationally this week. Um, and he was, you know, kind of like a little bit uh, in the middle this year in terms of the stats because Kirk Cousins is so inconsistent all the time. Um, and, I mean, like you said, he put the team on his back that second half. And it 
and it goes to show what Mike's been saying this whole time about Jack Josh Allen, right? Like he turns out the Jets figured it out. If you have the ability to do so and you put a bunch of guys just back in zone coverage, he can't figure it out. He doesn't know where to go with the football and he's going to rely on heavily on dig. So if you can kind of take that out, um, Josh Allen's going to really struggle. And even that catch with Gabe Davis, right? He dropped it. He dropped that ball. Um, I know there's no challenges in the sec uh, under two minutes and Belichick was calling for that, but that's a, that's a decent throw, but I mean, it's no, it's nowhere near where it needed to be. Right. And Gabe has to go make a play on it. Ultimately they don't rule it a drop ball, but if he drops that pass, Josh Allen doesn't throw the pick, they lose the game. Right. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of room there, like Mike said as well. Um, and like you reiterated for the Jets to make some movement in this division, um, I mean, the, the Dolphins do look pretty legit as of now. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I, do, I don't I do like to. I still don't. But he's looking pretty good. Yeah, they're playing uh, well. Yeah. And he, he's making good decisions. The ball's out of his hands super quickly. Kind of like what we're hoping to see from Zach, right? Um, and yeah. we are seeing a little bit of it. Uh, but future looks good. Yeah, I mean, and when it comes to Tua, what they, they have a quarterback and they kind of tear the offense around what he's good at which is kind of these short yardage throws kind of around the line of scrimmage, maybe five or six yards. And they're letting Hale and Waddle go ahead and make plays. And he's doing good. I mean, I can't fault the guy. We had a lot of hate towards Tua, said he was garbage. I get it. I think Tua is actually playing pretty well. Considering his skill set, he's staying within himself and playing pretty decent this year for sure. Josh Allen with a 78 QB rating. Michael Garris was right. 10 interceptions to lead the NFL. To lead the NFL right now, which you have to love. Um, let's get into some more news and notes here, guys. But I, 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 oh I want to ch- challenge um, what you guys are saying, though. And again, this is going to be taken uh, as, uh, oh, I'm probably hating. But I kind of, like, I was looking at this the other day, and people keep talking about how good the Dolphins are. You know, when I look at their schedule, like what they did, um, you know, they came out, played against the Patriots, whatever, 20-7. to 7, They won that game. They were down by mad scores against the Ravens, came back in the fourth because the Ravens have a crappy-ass defense. Then, uh, you know, up against the Bills, um, they they did win that game, which obviously you got to give them credit, 21-19. Very close game against the Hill people. Um, and then they played the Bengals and got destroyed, and obviously we know Tua was down. Cool. Jets annihilated them, 40-17. to All right. he, You know, they had third strings in. And the Vikings beat them pretty soundly. Okay, Tua wasn't in. And then they said, oh, here comes Tua. He comes back. They beat the Steelers with a rookie quarterback, 16-10. to All right. Then they beat the Dolph, the Lions, who have the worst defense in the NFL, 31-27. to not really that, you know, that impressive of a win, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, he threw a lot of touchdowns. They have a shitty-ass defense. Okay. Um, then they played against the Bears. What are the Bears? I mean, I understand you got what's-his-name doing his thing, but is that some rock star team that I'm afraid of? No. And they barely beat them. 35-32. to 32. Their defense is trash. Then, last week, they played up against the Browns. They beat them 39 to 17. Okay. I mean, the Browns are what? Three and four. What are they? Two and five? And then they play against the whack ass Texans next week. So two is going to look pretty good there. There has, he hasn't done, this team is beating, you know, are they good? Yeah, I think they're a good team, but I think they're getting a little overrated. 
Okay, because I, I I understand the narratives and 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 the high offense, uh, high high octane offense and everything like that. But when I come down and look at this, they're barely beating scrub teams, and they I don't like their defense. And Tua is playing within a system, but the moment he gets up against a real defense, like Sunday against the 49ers, let's see what he does then. Let's see what he does when he has to go up against that. Packers defense and the Patriots once again, right? So, and then let's see what he does when he plays our defense. Let's see what what Tua does against us. Probably the number one defense in the National Football League. Okay, Quincy will have him seeing triple gang steins. All right. <laughs> so I'm. I mean, I get it. Like you said, I'm not saying you, Keith, and and Sammy are wrong. I'm not. I'm saying that I think things have gone well. As far as the schedule and to his timing, and let's just hold on all the praise for uh, the cracked-hipped quarterback from Alabama. I just, I, I just, I just, I, you know, like I see where you're coming from too, but like the dude, stat-wise, has had that level of increase you want to see every year from a young quarterback, and now he's got over 70% completion percentage. Like he's first in the NFL in QB rating. So, like, I understand all that stuff, but he's still progressing and making really good decisions. And, like, if I had to compare his trajectory right now versus Zach Wilson, I'm liking Tua's progression way more than I'm liking Zach Wilson because of that accuracy. No matter what the offense looks like, he's still got to make the throws. Even if they're short, fine, he's still got 18 tees and three interceptions, right? So he still has the ability to be explosive. Yeah, he's getting the production for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, when you look, I, I know what Mike's saying about their level of competition also, but the reason I, I'm i not going to really go there with the Dolphins is because you can just say the same thing about the Jets. One of our wins is versus the Browns. We beat them by one point with a miracle at the end of the game. We beat the Steelers by four points. You know, they beat the Bills, we beat the Bills. So I understand what Mike's saying, but their offense is, I think they almost average 400 yards a game. So they are doing something right. But hey, look, it's hard to believe in the Dolphins and Tua. I get it. So far through 10 games or seven and three, they're playing really well. Through nine games, we're six and three. So I'm really interested to see how the rest of this year shakes out. Can they keep up this momentum? The Dolphins, can Tua stay healthy? Can he stay on the field? Et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> Guys, getting into some Jet-related stuff, we're going to give out some midseason awards here in a second. Before we do that, I want to touch on the Michael Nania article, guys, from Jets X Factor I sent you, which is pretty cool. He power ranked the Jets players that have played this season, all 59 of them, 1 through 59. Now, the top guys we're going to get to in a second, but the last ranked guy, man, it just is just. And I feel bad because, like, last year, Mike, last year, this is our, basically our number one corner, right? And right now, Bryce Hall is ranked last by Michael Nania. He's had five snaps all season, guys. And within those five snaps, gave up a TD, which is that first game of the season. Mike, you got Sauce in here. They got DJ Reed in here. MC2 is balling right now. Bryce Hall is ranked last on the list right now for Michael Nania. And he's basically completely fallen off of the jet radar. Yeah. I The thing I like about Bryce is... If you told me Sauce were go down tomorrow or um, if we lost DJ Reed or even Brandon Eccles, I love the thought that we've got Bryce Hall there and not some no-name person that would come in. He's not I, – I, I feel like 
um his first season that he played he he did pretty decently for a fifth round pick i thought that he was on his way up and then you know i i I guess he just didn't really do great in the offseason or maybe i don't know but he's not any looks bro since the first game mike five snaps yeah and then he just hasn't played the whole year yeah i mean law you know he loves his corners so it's like I mean that's that's they got like Eccles. They got Eccles in there when cats go down. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know really exactly what's happening, but I'll just say that I feel comfortable with him as a depth piece. Yeah. And um if they keep him, you know, throughout the season and then into next season and he's still depth, I'm I'm comfortable with it. But I do agree he's probably the last ranked uh jet player in my <laughs> yeah. opinion as well. And when you only play five plays, it's hard to be ranked anywhere besides lasts, um, I would say. Um, hold on one sec, guys. Give me one second here. Um, so after him, guys, some other notable people that are on the list. Nasral Dean with zero tackles this year. Hams and Nasral Dean, guys, zero tackles this season. Um, number 56, Connor McDermott, who's Mike's been hating on forever, saying he's a scrub. Michael, he's played, he had 53 snaps this year. In those 53 snaps, he gave up seven pressures and he had two penalties. That's scrubville. You should never be playing professional football. Michael's been hating on him forever. Michael knows his PFF is trash. And Mike is correct. He's not a good player. And George Font, Mike. Now, look, George Font was probably playing with a knee injury. So maybe we'll give him a – we'll grade him on a curve maybe. Comes back healthy. Maybe he won't play that bad. But he only he didn't play that many games this year, and he gave up 13 pressures, gave up two sacks. He wasn't playing great either. But the top five, I want to see if you guys agree with this. On the power rankings for Jet players this year, number one, Sauce Gardner. Number two, Quinnen Williams. Number three was AVT. Number four was Brees Hall. And number five, DJ Reed. I would agree. I mean, maybe CJ Mosley could maybe sneak in. But, guys, do you think that's probably our best five players this year? I know AVT's out. I know Brees Hall's out. But their contributions were massive before they went down. Would you agree through nine games, power ranking the Jets? You think those are our best five guys? you think there's anyone else that could sneak in that top five? What do you think, Nick? I think, um, I mean, as Keith said, Mosley could definitely sneak into the top five. If you want to, uh, I don't want to say penalize, um, you know, Hall or, or, or ABT for getting hurt. Uh, but Mosley, I think, has is deserved if you want to. It wouldn't be crazy to put him in that argument. Um, Sauce is definitely number one. I think um, Garrett Wilson, because as you mentioned earlier in the chat before, Keith, um, Zach only has what four touchdowns, and yeah. Wilson's having a pretty solid rookie season as a wide receiver. So yeah, yeah. he could he could potentially be there as well. But I'm fine with those top five, especially DJ Reed and um, and Sauce, which is positions where you would love to have two top five players be playing. So I think you guys are set up to be great. And going back to what Mike said before, it's the number one defense in the league, in my opinion, right now. Ooh. <laughs> you hear that world the wookie the wookie's coming over to the green side giving us some love i'd love to hear that wookie sammy what do you think we're going to get to our midseason awards in a second i just thought this was a cool article i like how he power ranked the players looking at the top five sammy looking at the bottom of the list also where our boy bryce hall is sitting do you agree disagree with both ends of that list no i do i agree 100 percent. i think the only guy i might put in there is garrett just because i think he's playing at like a true number one receiver level um, and I think without that piece offensively, I don't think we do anything. 
Like, I don't think Brees Hall gets the openings that he had when he was in. I don't think Carter gets the openings that he has when he's in. I don't think Wilson has that security blanket. I don't think anything works. I think if you when you add a person like Garrett Wilson, it sort of changes the whole dynamic. And I think based on that, I put him in the top five. What I did want to talk about, not so much the bottom, but that middle list. If you look at those rankings, I think Michael Clemens might be outplaying Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and that is really surprising based on the the least amount of sack, uh, snaps that he has in comparison to Jermaine Johnson. But on special teams and defensively, he said he didn't miss a tackle. He's got nine tackles. He's got more pressures on the quarterback than Jermaine Johnson has. And he has a blocked punt. So, yeah. I mean, I would love to see both of those guys. I know we have Franklin Myers, right? And Kutzi, and we have this rotation out there. But I'd love to see both those guys get way more reps um, and really see what they could do towards the end of the season. And I, I'm kind of with Wilkie and Mike on this. Like, I think if those guys really come into their own as the season progresses, I, this is the top two, if not the top defense in the league, especially with that secondary being so devastating to quarterbacks. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons they've been so surprisingly good is we knew that the defensive line would probably be pretty solid with JFM and Q. And some of the other guys we have, we, 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 we were assuming that, you know, healthy, we'd be good guys. But getting some of these contributions from Clemens, who just seems like, not only is he great on the field, but some of his quotes off the field. I mean, this guy is just, you, you just can't beat a guy like this, man. Michael, what do you think about the list? Do you have any guys you want to add or take off the list? I think, I don't think that Sauce Gardner is the best player on our team. I think it's it's Quentin Williams, period. Quentin Williams isn't just the best player on the Jets. He's the best defensive tackle in the NFL today, and he's one of the front runners for defensive MVP. Like, cats don't realize the season this kid is having. Okay, I love what Sauce is doing, and what Sauce is doing is electric, and it's amazing, and it's like, oh my goodness, but Sauce is not, like, killing the league the way Quinnen is right now. Quinnen, to me, is without question our best player, and I want him signed yesterday. I'm I'm so like thrilled. I'm so thrilled with what I'm seeing. Sammy, like we we talked about Quinnen, right? And his strength as he's grown. And now you've got um offensive linemen when he's matched up one on one getting tossed around like children. <laughs> like he's tossing, he's literally physically abusing. Okay. And when you get to that point in your career. I remember Reggie White used to just manhandle oh cats. God. Just, yeah. just grab them and just eh, yoke them to the ground like Lawrence Taylor. Nick, I'm sure you remember back in the day when he was in his thing. Yo, you just physically, he was dominant. That's what I'm looking at from our boy, Q. Okay? Yeah. So I that's the one that I would say. T- and then another one I would actually challenge is I would put Quan Alexander ahead of Corey Davis. Quan yeah. Alexander has been unbelievable. He's been laterally. I mean, speed at that linebacker position is something that Col- Col- uh, Mosley doesn't really have. Mosley has the quarterbacking. Hey, go here or the, 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 the tackling uh, techniques and everything like that. Um, being able to know the play before the play is even run, just based on what he's seeing. 
But Quan, Quan comes out like a torpedo. But that that guy has just been covering ground. So I would, I would definitely put him. I would not put Corey Davis at seven. And, I would definitely put Quan in there. You know who I would have in my number seven, and he's number eight is JFM. He's someone that deserves some consideration oh, just because yeah. of the versatility. How we pop them inside, we pop them outside, depending on the situation. You know, we want to pop them back on the inside during third downs, and we put Huff, or we put one of those pass rushers on the edge. You can do that with him. Two and a half sacks. I think he has the second most pressures on the whole team. But you can't go wrong. I mean, you look at this one through 10, it actually shows you one thing. It's that Joe Douglas had done a pretty good job stacking talent here. And you look at these power rankings, it looks like, man, when we get these rookies who got hurt this year, Hall and ABT back next year healthy, we should be in a good spot. Hopefully we get Corey Davis back this week. Sammy, do you want to say something before we move on to these midseason awards? Yeah, I just want to say with to back up what Mike was saying too, like when you get a guy like Quinn in, you have every offense and defensive play is five against four, right? But with Q, it's four against four every play. So everybody's basically independently matched up and free to be athletic defensive lineman where Q has the brunt of the work on almost every snap that he's in the football game. And he still leads the league in sacks with eight at the defensive tackle position, which is insane. Okay. I just want everybody to know that, that that's what's <laughs> happening on every play this man's in and he's still yeah. doing this. Yeah. On pace for career season, already more sacks right now than he had all of last season. So he's doing a tremendous job. Now let's give out some of these AEBG mid-season awards. Now we don't know how the end of the season is going to shake out, but through nine games, the contribution through nine games, we're going to hand out those mid-season awards right now. I'm going to go to the Wookiee first here because I can tell he's chomping at the bit to let us know who is. Let's leave. You know, guys, we'll work up the list here um, on some of these ones, but let's start off um, Wookiee. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll go to Sammy first, Wookiee. I don't know if you're going to have someone for the biggest surprise player of the year, Wookiee. That's a tough one. That's a niche category. All right? It's You know, Wookiee's like the Golden Globes. Got some of those weird categories. I'm not sure if you researched that one yet. I know you got offensive. I know you got defensive, Wookiee. Let me go to Sammy here first, man. When you go to the most surprising player, you're not going to be in a positive fashion for you, Sammy, or a negative fashion for you. But who surprised you the most this year are the Jets through nine games? Uh, I think my biggest surprise in the positive way is Tyler Conklin, right? Tyler Conklin's like top 15 in all tight end categories. It's top 10 in a couple. Um, we finally have a viable receiving tight end. Um, I really didn't think he would be the starting dude. I thought they would go with CJ or Rucker. Yeah. Um, he just sort of took that. Like he took every opportunity he had and he's been super productive and a really good blanket for Zach Wilson over the middle of the field. Um, I love his contributions offensively. Um, besides Garrett Wilson, I think he's the guy who's like next looked at when Corey Davis isn't in the game. So um, I think biggest surprise for me is Tyler Conklin. What do you, I love that one Tyler Conklin who had, you know, he's had some drops here and there, but I think he's been actually pretty reliable as a tight end. We signed Uzoma. We drafted Rucker. So all of us thought maybe there'd be a committee there. There's not. He's been basically the guys getting targets. Mike, what do you think when it comes to the most surprising player for you this year so far through nine games? Son, it's not even close. It's Sauce freaking Gardner, man. The dude is a lockdown corner. He's a rookie, man. The hell out of here. There ain't nobody on this team that surprised me more than Sauce. That man was walking around the, the Packers joint with a cheese head. Like, like, yo, it's good. You know what I'm saying? I'm here. I'm Sauce. One on the chest. What y'all doing? What y'all doing? He's already here. Landed. NFL's like, oh, crap. Cats can't do shit on him. He's a rookie. Yes. That young man is the most surprising. Even DJ Reed. I knew DJ Reed was going to be good. 
You know what I'm saying? I knew Brees Hall was going to be beast mode. Me and Keith talked about it. You know what I'm saying? I thought Garrett Wilson would do his thing. You know what I'm saying? But I did not see Sauce as a Pro Bowl corner. Didn't see it. Thought he was going to be like decent, show flashes, kind of like Jamal Adams a little bit. You remember him as a rookie? You were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then the se- second year is the leap. Yo, this man just stepped on the scene with a S on the chest, man. Sauce. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and those are great answers. I think Gary Wilson would have been another good answer to Sauce has probably exceeded everybody's wildest expectations of what he could be, what we hoped he could be. We were hoping he'd be playing like he's playing right now at this level in a year or two. We draft him now, maybe in a year or two, he's all pro or pro bowl level. He's doing it almost immediately. So, I mean, I think that's a tremendous surprise, Mike. But let me say this. Sauce at least came in or was drafted so high um, he had a lot of draft stock in him, number four pick in the draft. We knew he was tremendous in college. I think DJ Reed, when he got signed in the offseason, 95% of Jet fans and football fans said, who's DJ Reed? The phones came out. They had to Google him. They had no idea who he was. And this dude's going to make the Pro Bowl, too. This dude's the fifth. I know Sauce is number one. He's the fifth-ranked corner in the NFL. So, I don't. I mean, Sauce, I can't argue with that, Mike. But another guy that surprised me big time, and I'm giving my most surprising player, too, is DJ Reed because – He's been consistent the whole season. He's one of the best CBs in the league. You know, he has a ton of passes deflected. I think seven or eight interception. He's been tremendous. Michael Clemens is another one. Sammy mentioned him before. We didn't know, I don't think, what we were getting when they took him. But he's been a force the small amount he's played. Michael Clemens has done a tremendous job. Let me, let's get to one that's more of a bummer, guys. And then we'll move on to all the positive ones. I think this one's pretty easy, at least for me. I'm just going to go first with this one, guys. Most disappointing player this year. And to me, the runaway with the most disappointing play, because you can't count guys that got hurt. I'm not going to count Beckton. I get it, but he didn't even play, right, guys? So he's just out of my mind, right? To me, it's Elijah Moore, just because of the way the season's gone and the expectations coming into the season. Elijah Moore has one catch and 11 yards since October 2nd. Do you guys see what I just said? I know we missed the game, but he's been in there. He's been a non-entity, either through his own actions, through the quarterback play, whatever you want to say. Uh, he was on pace after his first four games. He was getting about 40 or 50 yards a game on pace for 800, 900 yards, a pretty decent season. Since then, has gone off the rails. In, in his Twitter, kind of his personalities kind of rub people the wrong way, but also his play on the field that to me has been by far the most disappointing player. 203 yards on the season, guys. 192 of those were in the first four games. 11 yards since then, like I mentioned. What do you think, Sammy, when it comes to your most disappointing player this year? Uh, that You nailed it. That's my guy. Um, I don't I don't understand what's happening with him on the field, um, off the field either. But the hype around and the mentality for most Jet Nation was probably like, we got Garrett Wilson, we got Eli Moore, we have Corey Davis. This is going to be one hell of a season. And then all of a sudden, when you look back at the tape, you're like, where did Eli Moore go? Um, and guys like Conklin have stepped up and Corey Davis has stepped up and even Berrios has done his part to two touchdowns and a passing one. Right. So like everybody's getting in on this action and getting a part of the defense. And for some reason, it seems like there's a huge disconnect with Lafleur and Eli Moore or Wilson and Moore, who I thought had a really good rapport based on the past season. Um, so he's got to be hands down the most disappointing guy because his ceiling was so high. Um, and even his floor was so high. So yeah. for him to be even below that floor now has to be the t- biggest disappointment. Yeah, and he was so great the end of last season with Zach. 
those last five or six games when he had what he had five, six touchdowns. I know last year he had about 540 yards. Most of that came in the final six games with Zach Wilson. And it seems like now, whatever the situation is, man, he's really floundering. Mike, let's see what you think, man. Your most disappointing player so far through nine games, Michael. Is it Elijah Moore? Is it Makai Becton? Who is it for you? Again, I like I said, Sauce is the most exciting player for me. Uh, the most biggest surprise, the most disappointing player for me is Zach Wilson. Because I wanted more. Okay? Um, I not saying that i don't think he's going to be successful we've had many conversations about this but i don't like what i where he is right now i wanted this season i don't want to have to excuse away my quarterback oh well it was probably the offensive line oh you know he he was hurt and he's got to have time i just want him to get in there and just get nasty and i don't have to say shit i don't want to have to, to excuse anything I just want my quarterback, like Herbert got back there, killed it. Like everyone knew. They're like, oh, yeah, word, word. Hurst, oh, yeah, yep, he's got it. I mean, you know, like I just didn't want questions. And there are a ton of questions. And that is the most disappointing for me, period, for me. Uh, maybe a lot of other people. And, again, I'm not saying I'm down. I'm out on Zach. I am disappointed. Yes, I am. Uh, my, you know what, Michael? Let's be honest. If all Jet fans do a little soul-searching, that's probably the most disappointing player for everyone. I think I was just trying to avoid it, Mike. I was just trying to block out of my mind. If we, At least if we're honest about it, and we all talk about how important that position is to winning and how important, and important Zach Wilson is to our future, how he's played so far has been disappointing. He's 5-1, and one, though. So, I mean, that's the, that's the only juxtaposition I have on that. But you're right, man. We want to see more from him. Only four touchdowns from Zach so far this year, um, which is not amazing. Obviously, he's not killing it statistically. Um, he only has five games in his career where he's thrown two touchdowns. So, he's never thrown three in a game. So, we're going to need to see more from Zach, guys. Um, I agree. Guys, now let's get to some, some of these categories here that obviously are a little bit more uplifting, guys. The fun ones. All right. Now, the most improved player from last season – to this season. These are some carryover Jets. What do you think, Sammy, from 2021, 2022? Who have you seen the most improvement from? It's got to be Quinn Williams. I know he played good last year, but this is different. Like, this is superstar level athletic ability, talent. I mean, he's got everything, and it looks like he finally hit that place that everybody gets, right, where we know he has the athletic ability and talent. He's still learning the speed, the defense, all these things. And it looks like him and Salah hit that stride together. And I don't know what they did this offseason together, man, but it must have been something great because that guy is playing playing out of his mind right now. Um, and if he's got eight sacks already midway through the season, I think we could be seeing a lot more of Q and a lot more damage being done, especially based off of the teams that we're about to play going forward. So I think you could see those numbers continue to rise and skyrocket. And I love the future for this kid. Uh, and I'm hoping that the Jets just take the preemptive strike and lock this dude up. Yeah, Mike said that before, Mike. And before I throw to you, I'm just going to tell you, Sammy, that's my most improved player also. Last year, I think Quinnen was good. But I think he was a little disappointing um, for what we were expecting, at least. You know, we all were expecting him to turn into an absolute monster in the middle like he was the previous year. Seemed like he plateaued last year a little bit. This year, not so much. This year, like you said, he already has um, seven or eight sacks on pace for 13, 14 sacks, on pace for mid-60s and tackles. So for the guys, if I'm just looking from dudes from last year, 
to this year. Michael Carter II has played tremendous this year, guys. Turned himself into a tremendous weapon as that third corner. Also, I think he's a good option. But to me, Michael, I agree. Quinny Williams, like you said, Mike, is playing like the best defensive tackle in the league. He deserves this contract. He's playing at an all-pro level. And he wasn't doing that last year. So just on that alone, Michael, to me, that jump gives him the most improved through nine games, at least for me. Yeah. Uh, you can't argue really against that. The only player, he wouldn't be my most improved player because um, I I expect we drafted him number three overall and this is what we expected from him. And yes, he is the most improved, I would say, from value perspective, what you guys are saying. But my most improved player would go to Elijah Vera Tucker because Elijah Vera Tucker went from a guard who was on the left side and he he was excuse me he was on the right side he was a, a right guard and he was doing decently in pass block better in run block the pass block i remember the grade wasn't the greatest and then this year he's left guard he's left tackle he's right guard he's right tackle his no pressures no i mean he literally became like first thing you had veterans saying i couldn't even do that like the fact that he had never even played left tackle and just played there and no pressures on Zach. Wow. Talk about improvement. Like this young rookie then became, I mean, he was on his way to be an all pro. Yeah. All pro period. So I, I agree that Quinnen has shown the greatest value add 100%. My vote would have went to Elijah because it would have been the greatest jump to me of the young rookies from last season to then step into that starting role superstar this season. Yeah, no, that's a tremendous answer. Elijah Vera Tucker got injured, so maybe he's not in people's thoughts when it comes to these things, but played all over the place this year and played well everywhere. You know, he played good last year too, but man, definitely made a great jump this year. Now let's see, let's see what you got to say, Wookie. This one seems pretty easy. New York Jets rookie of the year. Now we have some tremendous rookies. If Brees Hall was still playing right now at the level he was just before he got hurt, this could be a tough call. But as it is, I mean, there's one guy who's dominating the NFL, rookie. Uh, Wookie, who's your rookie of the year so far through nine games? Sauce Gardner. All the way, 100%. Uh, preseason, when you guys drafted him, everybody knew he was good. He was ridiculous in college. I had a feeling it was going to translate. I didn't uh, quickly. I didn't think it was going to be this quickly. Hands down, I mean, he could probably be – he's definitely top three corner in the league, in my opinion. And at some point, with a couple more years under his belt, he could perennially be the top cornerback in the league. So, Nick, Nick he said, Keith said uh, two week, two shows ago, he made an analogy. He was like, "Man, it's like, it's like, it's like Cromartie's athleticism and Revis's technical skill all wrapped in one." Uh, and then Bart Scott a week ago got on SNY and he goes. You know, the best combination the Jets ever had at cornerback was Cromartie and Revis. And he's like, this kid is a hybrid of both of them. And I immediately thought what, what Keith said. And he's right. Yo, it's true. Like, he's got that lengthy, athletic build like Cromartie. Remember how Cromartie would just, just oh snatch balls from cats? He was Crazy. so athletic, but he wasn't like the greatest technician. Revis was so well-poised and understood the game and under had the perfect skill set and it's like this kid has both at the same time so nick i agree this kid could be could be you know top 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, he has a chance to be, from what he's shown so far, he has a chance to be special. Because very rarely do corners come in and play this well as a rookie. I mean, it's just not a position you see dudes come in immediately and have the most passes deflected. He also has 44 tackles. He also has two interceptions. I mean, Sammy, let's throw to you. I think I know what you're going to say, but Sauce also your rookie of the year so far? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's no, it's a no-brainer. Um, like, it's got to be Sauce. Uh, the guy, I don't. I'm trying to place and think about rookie corners that came into the league and started this well, and I can't think of any person. Um, I mean, you guys probably have a little bit more football knowledge than I do a little bit older. Sorry, boys. (laughs) Um, I I, I can't think of a single guy who's come to the league and been this dominant and this consistently dominant, no matter who he's faced, whether it be tight ends, elite tight ends, elite wide receivers. He will lock down anybody, any body type, any speed. It doesn't matter. Sammy, how good was Deion Sanders when he was a rookie? Um, From what I recall, not that great. I mean, coverage-wise, I know he's Deion Sanders. He's prime time. Yeah, Deion's the GOAT. So that's why I'm I'm, I'm, I'm comparing him. I got to go look at Deion's stats as a rookie. I already know he's outdoing. I'm looking right now. Deion had five ints as a rookie. Um, they didn't keep the pass deflected uh, stats then. Five ends as a rookie, three ends his second year, six his third year. So Dion was doing it right away. I don't. You didn't know, they don't yeah, keep the same he, grades. He they don't have the PFF grades. Dion's a little smaller than Cromarty, but I mean Cromarty. Then, then our then our boy Sauce. Also, Dion Sanders is the best corner of all time. Of all time. Right. If that's the standard, right. if that's the bar we're setting, <laughs> then Sauce is doing pretty good. I would say yeah. that, right? Um, if you see he's 6'3, I mean what remember Dion ran the fastest, one of the fastest 40s ever, I think, yeah. in combine history. Sauce yeah. was like behind that by a hair, but he's six foot three. So, so he's pounds. His wingspan is six foot seven. Listen, so he's not from this planet. Here's Dion's rookie stat line. He had 39 tackles, uh, five ants, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, um, and he had a punt return touchdown, obviously, because he was on oh, special. Yeah. He brings oh, yeah, that to that's the game right. off. He about, yeah. So he had 30. He had 30. If you look, Sammy, I looked at his stats uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, and Dion never really would put up a lot of tackles in a season. And you see Saucer with 44. He's probably going to finish with 670-something tackles. That's so nuts. Minutes. Which is yeah. just not even that shows you that instinctually he knows where to be even when it's just a play that's you know a broken play someone else catches the ball a running play whatever the case may be Sauce is playing good in that way too also for me Sauce Gardner rookie of the year no doubt if Brees Hall was still playing could be a discussion Garen Wilson has been awesome too through some games but I think Sauce has been good every single game at the first game we were like wow look at this rookie played good for his first game let's see how he does and every single week what does he do just goes out there and keeps doing it. Number one right corner on PFF, so can't fault that. Now we get to the defensive player of the year. This is where we might have a little bit of debate. I think I know who Mike's going to answer because he said it a moment ago who he thinks our best player on our whole team is. Mike, let me ask you, for your defensive player of the year through nine, is it Quinnen Williams? Yeah. Is that your answer? Yeah, definitely. Okay. definitely. That's what I would For think. all the reasons I said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for me now, you can say Quinn and you can say Sauce. Like like Mike mentioned and we mentioned last week, he's the number. And I'm not, and like we talked about uh, Slay last week, Mike. Now, he doesn't have the resume, and so to say Sauce is the best corner in the league after nine games would probably be kind of silly. Just like whoever might lead the league in receiving yardage right now or rushing yardage or QB rating through nine games doesn't mean that's the best player at that position. So I understand that. But to me, what he's brought to the squad, now DJ Reed's on the same thing, but you can't even throw the ball in his area. Now, that maybe that's a byproduct of the fact that Quinny Williams is in the middle disrupting things. Guys are getting rid of the balls faster. You know, it's a chicken or the egg thing. But I'm going to say, for me, Sauce is 
the defensive player of the year through nine games. Wow. Quinn and Williams, I can't argue with that either, Mike. I think both it's coin toss to me. Sammy, what do you think with those two guys? Um, I, I got to give it to Q, I think, um, because I, I'm going to bring in his leadership ability a little bit. I think he sets the tone for that whole team. I was watching a video where Q won Defensive Player of the Month, and the whole squad like was coming out of the locker room going to practice, and they were all giving shout-outs to Q, and they were like, all right, let's do it again, brother. Like, Let's do it again. Like, Because they all know he sets that tone, and he's pushing everybody to play at that higher level. But, boy, what a good problem to have if you're the New York Jets and you're deciding on who your defensive player of the year is and you got to pick between those two guys, right? I mean, that's a really good problem to have because besides the middle linebacker, those are two of the more important positions in football. If you yeah. can get a look at the impact guys like Donald has had and Jones on Kansas City, right? These defensive tackles that are elite cause mass disruption and open the whole defense up. And then you add a guy like Sauce and everybody forgets about our boy Mosley who's – going to rack up another probably yep. 140, 150 tackles this year. Yeah, um, That's just a great recipe for success, but I got to give it to Q. I think he sets the tone in that locker room, and his play on the field also sets a tone. All right, let's see where the Wookiee weighs in. Wookiee, you on the side of Q also with the domination in the middle of the line this year for the New York Jets? Do you think he's the best defensive player through nine? Uh, I'm going to go a little different route here, and it might be technically cheating, but I'm going to say – your secondary, the Jets secondary, is the best defensive player for the Jets this year because it allows <laughs> Mosley and it allows Alexander to do more things as linebackers. And it also allows, and again, chicken versus egg, as Keith mentioned before, Quinn is a monster, absolutely. But it's also going to give that monster even a little more time to get to a quarterback every week because of how great your secondary is. So, I mean, I guess if I had to really pick one, it would be the lockdown corner. It, it would be, it would be sauce. Um, but I think your secondary being so good as a whole really just helps everything out more and makes it just much easier for the other amazing players you have on, you know, the linebacker level and uh, the defensive uh, defense one. Yeah, that's true, man. Everything's working together really well this year. The middle, the linebacking group, as you guys mentioned, is playing tremendous. Mosley's great. Like Mike said, Mike loves Quan. Quan was a great signing. He's playing good. Quincy Williams is playing good. Defensive line's playing good. The whole defense, the whole defense, man. There's so many guys to choose from. So that was tremendous. So far this year, man, a lot of highlight guys on the defense, which we did not have last year. I saw a stat today that said the Jets might be the first team in the Super Bowl era to be ranked last in defense. And scoring on defense, which we were last year. We gave up the most points. We gave up the most yards. And the next year, be ranked top 10 in both. It's never happened before, guys. So that's like, if you want to look at your coaching, you want to look at the players, you want to look at Joe Douglas, it all has to come together to improve like they did. But they have. Huge jump this year on defense. And all the guys we just spoke about, one of the main reasons. Now let's get into the offensive player of the year, guys. And then we'll start talking about the Pats and the Jets. And we'll get out of here. For me, guys, I'm going to go first on this one. For me, um, Garrett Wilson has played tremendous all year. There's been some up and down games for him. <clears throat> we know Zach Wilson is the guy we wished right now would be the home run choice for this. I wish he had 15 touchdowns and only three interceptions, even though he's five and one. It's hard to say he's the offensive player of the year, right? For me, even though he's missed the past couple games, Brees Hall is the off. He's not going to play the rest of the year. I'm just talking about just through these nine games, the contribution you've gotten through these nine games. You could even have said AVT because he's been so good on the offensive line. But for me, it's Brees Hall, guys. The Pittsburgh game, getting the ball over the goal line there like he did. Okay, has a two other game-winning rushing touchdowns. I mean, 
he is basically the reason we've won three of the six games we've won this year. It's basically because of Priest Hall, if we're going to be honest about it. To me, that's the offensive player of the year. I know the offense has not been tremendous the year this year. Not that many guys to choose from, but if I'm going offensive player of the year, I'm going to go ahead with Priest Hall. What do you think, Sammy? Who you got as your offensive player of the year? Uh, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson. Um, again, I just think that his ability and what we're going to see from him going forward, if Zach Wilson can kind of put it together a little bit here and start getting him those scoring opportunities – um, we saw it with Justin Jefferson this weekend, right? Like that one dude is going to change everything for you. Um, and I think he's coming into his own the past two weeks. He has like top tier numbers. Um, and I think you're seeing the consistency from him in and out, in and out each week, no matter who he's up against defensively. And he's played against some really good corners this year as well. Um, I think, like you said, Brees Hall totally responsible, but getting the ball down into those positions to give Brees Hall the opportunities. Wilson's been the go-to guy as well on those fourth quarter drives. Wilson's been the guy that Zach's looking for um, when they're in a tight spot. Wilson's the guy that they go to. So I really think in terms of moving the ball offensively in a consistent way, it's got to be Garrett Wilson. And I saw we got a message there from Braden. I know how you feel, dude, because we're going to talk about this Pats game in a second. And when you look at the game log or the game stats from last time we played them, they averaged not even they didn't even average four yards a play. We doubled them in yards per play. We basically outplayed them all over the field. But Zach's mistakes are the reason we lost. We'll get to that in one moment, though. Let's go to these offensive player of the year. I want to see what Michael thinks because there's not that many options. They're basically all rookies. The options we have, Mike. What do you think when it comes to so far through nine games, the best offensive player on the squad? Look, guys, you're both so wrong. How could you? Do- <laughs> The offensive player of the year is Chris Schlevler, man. Come on. I mean, he killed the preseason. Everybody was just calling the man's name. I mean, my goodness, he he he's impacted the offense so much in the No, it's not. <laughs> I was really thinking he was gonna come into that Patriots game. I was texting Keith, like, yo, they just made this dude active. Don't even let this dude get into the game, man. No, it's Brees Hall. Has to be. He was without question our best offensive weapon the entire offense was shaped around him he was the identity that that if we still had breeze i would with the way the defense is playing right now and zach get kind of getting better and better and better i would be feeling much stronger on yo we could not just even make the playoffs we could do damage okay but for now playoffs would be amazing um and Yeah, I would say so. That's a dope. Hey, the Jets get to the playoffs this year and break that drought. Wait, did Mike freeze? Hold on. Is Mike in a Zen moment right now? He's back. He's back. There he is. Yeah. There he is. You're back. Here. Chunked out. That's called chunky internet, everyone, when that happens. Uh, yeah, Mike, I mean, Brees Hall was just absolutely beast mode. The offense went through him. To Sammy's point, the past two weeks, 16 targets for Garrett Wilson, 115 yards versus the Pats. I know we lost that game, but he was tremendous in that game, 92 yards for him last week. I think those are all good candidates. I like the fact that, guys, that when we do this this year, when we give out some midseason awards, we don't have to really reach and get creative like we've had the last couple of years. Coming up with an offensive player through halfway the season the past couple of years has not been easy to do. Even the end of the season awards have been a little tough. Now, Mike, let's get into this Pats-Jets game. All right, as our boy just mentioned there, we do feel a little confident. I know Mike feels confident about it. At the same time, we have not beaten New England in New England in forever. 
it has been we've lost to them 13 times in a row i think in total or something horrific like that even games when it seems like we outplayed them like last time sammy we walked out of there and me and you just mind boggled because we're like wow it feels like we played better all the stats say we played better but we lost the game you know could have been 17 to 3 jfm gets a roughing the passer it's 10 to 6 at halftime it was a nightmare with zach zach wilson's interception so a lot swirling around here before this game and also the fact that huge divisional game for us okay i know it's page i know all the other ancillary stuff and other peripheral things are floating around but we need to take this W. We need to go seven and three, knock them down to five and five, and keep the train rolling here. Because the Jets do, like Mike said, you look at our schedule, look at look at the Dolphins schedule, and look at the Bills schedule. We have a favorable schedule the rest of the year when it comes to winning this division. That might start here with this game this weekend. Mike, we haven't had a chance to really speak about it, how you feel about this game, besides the fact that you said you thought Zach would probably have a better game. You can't play much worse, but you thought he played better and bounced back, I think. What do you think about this weekend, Mike? How do you think it's going to shake out Jets, Patriots up in New England? Um, they should probably, they usually always beat us and Belichick always is able to do what he's got to do. But in my opinion, guys, we're better than them. We're more talented than them. I think Zach's better than McCorkle. I think that the defensive line is better than their offensive line. Okay. So I'm judging our coaching and I'm judging how well Zach responds. And my expectation is that they are going to go up there and they're going to beat this team. I know that we don't actually match up well against them because their strengths are our strengths, their defense, their running game, our defense, our running game. So it's it's not like how the way we match up against the Bills. I like the way we match up against the Bills better than the way we match up against the Patriots. I also like the way we match up against the Dolphins too. And I, I and we'll you know that's not right now, but um, I think we're gonna win because we're better. And Salah needs to prove it. And he's better have this team ready to prepared, learn the lessons of the past. And Zach better not start holding the ball, execute, run the offense, move the ball through, throw it away if you have to. And 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 let's get this W because you're you are better than this team. And that's it. Yeah, I just looked it up, guys. The last jet quarterback to beat the New England Patriots in New England, two thousand eight guys we're talking 2008 we're talking Brett Favre guys so I mean we're going back I know that Sanchez beat them in the playoffs but when it comes to beating them in New England it has been a while now I know if Fitzpatrick was able to beat them 2015 it's actually the last time we've beaten them at all I mean this it's time to just turn this around Michael was saying this when you look at the Pats wins this year um I mean, and you can you can do the same into the Jets. You could say the Jets played some backup quarterbacks. People try to tear your wins down. They're five and four, but they just beat up on Ella. They beat up on the rookie quarterback for the Colts. Their most recent game, you know, they they beat us in a game. I feel like we should have won. They beat the Browns. They beat the Lions. They beat the Steelers. So it's not like the Patriots are going out there and beating good teams necessarily. The last game versus us, Mac Jones, twenty for 30, 147 yards. Had the one seed. He didn't play that great. They didn't play that good last week either. The Patriots beat the Colts last week. The Colts stink. The Colts had a coach coaching his first game at basically any level of his entire life. I Saturday played in the NFL. I get it. That's a different ballgame. He played in the NFL for a long time. But Sammy, he went from coaching high school to coaching in the NFL. From being an announcer to coaching in the NFL. The Pats had 200 yards last week against the Colts defense. So Jeff fans, when you want to talk about Changing the narrative like we've spoken about many times this year. We had a chance versus the Pats and we didn't take advantage of it. But then the next week versus the Bills, what did we do? 
Okay, old Jets, same old Jets. They get whooped by the Bills. Jets didn't do that versus the Bills last time. This is another chance to take all these losses we've had since 2009. We have not, excuse me, 2008. We have not beaten this team in New England. I mean, Zach Wilson wants to get people behind him. The Jets want to get the fan base hyped. You want to keep pushing forward with this new Jets, not the same old Jets. This is the game you go up there. You show them your defense is not going to allow them to go up and down the field with their, their dinking dunk bullshit. Stevenson is a good running back. They have a good offensive line. They'll probably be able to run the ball a little bit. But, man, I like our defense, okay? They've really come into their own the past three or four weeks. That Patriot game, they didn't play that bad either, guys, if you go look at the stats. The Patriots this year have not been tremendous. Four field goals last week and a defensive touchdown. Their offense couldn't do anything against the Colts. So that offense is struggling. That defense is still pretty decent. I like our chances of going up there and taking a W. I'm not saying they're going to go up there and whoop the Patriots or anything like that. But I don't know the last time I predicted the Jets to beat them in New England. But it's happening this weekend. Okay? It's happening this weekend, guys. It has gone on too long. Man! Everybody has gone on too long. I thought we were going to win the game in MetLife Stadium, and we didn't. And I think they learned some lessons in that game. Okay? Let's get it. The next week after that, instead of running sideways like a chicken with his head cut off, Zach, he ran the ball forward. Just give me two or three yards. Do something when you extend the play. Don't don't hurt us when you extend the play. Okay, this New England defense is not all that this year. Okay, James Robinson now has three or two or three weeks of practices under his belt. Offensive line looked pretty good against the Bills, and the Bills are a much better team than the Patriots are. And the way it falls out, Keith, if we do win, we're number one in the AFC East. It's true. Number one. Because, they're, because the Dolphins are on bye. Yeah. And we would have won every division game so far. We'd be 3-0. So, I mean, you're in a good... And you have a win over the Dolphins. Then you have a win over the Bills already. Now you're 1-1 one one versus... I, I shouldn't say that. We, we, we've lost one game in the division. But we, we, we've two, a win versus the Dolphins, a win versus the Bills. You split versus the Pats. You put yourself in a really good position with your divisional record moving forward. Sammy, what do you think this weekend? New England, Jets, on the road. House of Horrors for us for forever at this point. It's been already 13 to 14 years since we've beaten them there. Do you think this is the weekend... Zach and the boys head up there and get a W. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's this fundamental principle in economics called reversion to the mean, where it like can only go in one direction for so long, and then it has to go in another direction. And this is the time it's going in the other direction. I think if Sal is not saying everything you just said about us not having beat New England in seven years and not beating them at home in a decade plus... He's got to be riding these guys and reiterating this message and getting these dudes ready for this game. I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Jets move towards a lot of pressure this week on Mac Jones. I don't think that he does well when he's got guys in his face. And I think we have the secondary to cover anybody who's out there because their receivers don't scare me even a little bit. Um, so if you could just put a in the box, shut down the run, and put some pressure on Mac Jones whenever he does drop back, I think this game could potentially get out of hand. Um, yeah. Because as you said, this Patriots offense is reeling. Um, they haven't figured anything out. They don't have any other weapons besides Ramondre Stevenson, who gets most of the targets and most of the carries. It's um, <laughs> not a recipe for success. Like you said, Colts defense, not very good. They still couldn't get it done against the Jets the first game. Still couldn't get it done. We've played significantly better defenses than this Patriots team Yeah. Um, over the course of the season, and we've proven that we can beat them and, and score effectively and run the ball well. So I think if we just stick to our game plan offensively and just put some pressure on that man. But, and also, can I just talk about the fact that I love that Michael calls Mac Jones McCorkle? 
I love that. It's such a dumb name, and I'm so that's his name, man. It's such a dumb name, and I'm happy that you call him that. When he came out of the, when he got drafted and he just came out walking like, I mean, I'm like this. Yeah, doesn't I'm, I'm, I'm this dude, man. You know, I, I, the, the aesthetic wasn't one that instilled confidence. I could see this being one of those games where we had the statement win against Green Bay. Then we had this like next level statement W against the Bills. Yeah. And oh I could yeah. See this being like the nail in the coffin. Like. Oh yeah. No. This is the. This is the sleigh. This is the dragon. Can, There's no question. Meet the Patriots. I think the second those the rest of that those games. I think you go into with just so much freaking ton of confidence. Oh, absolutely, dude. I think this team plays at another level if you can take out this W because you've got two weeks to prepare as well. So this team, uh, you know, Salah's got this defense ready for what they're going to see. So if they can take this W, and then you're going into Miami or the Bill, uh, the Bears, then Miami, right? Like, oh man. Can yeah, you I mean the Jets would just just continue if they take if they take a win this weekend. Then I think, like you said, man, the amount of confidence they'll have, considering how long it's been since they beat New England in New England, how long it's been since they beat New England at all, all that's going to do is help the team, help Zach Wilson. Zach has 16 interceptions in his career. Seven of them are against the New England Patriots. And don't forget, you're doing it without Brees Hall and ADT. Yeah. And Corey Davis potentially might not be playing this weekend, either, right. which, which could be, uh, you know, which could be tough. But Mims is getting a catcher to a game. Wookie, what do you think? Did you get Jets have a shot up there in Foxborough this weekend? I think the Jets have more than a shot. I think this is, as Mike said, the slaying of the Dragon game. And to reiterate what a lot of you guys touched on, as far as momentum moving forward, I mean, you're coming off three, you would be coming off three gigantic wins as as an organization. And from there, it's just confidence building and make teams prove they can beat us from there. Yeah, no, I understand. Sorry, I got distracted because one of our friends just, trying to post a statistical comparison between Justin Jefferson and Terry McLaurin. Yes, that's still going on, Wookie, on the chat with our friend Dwayne. You can, there's only so much you can do with certain people, guys. And I do think the Jets have a chance uh, this weekend. I do think they're going to take a win. I think this is a new squad, a new team with kind of a new identity they formed, even with Brees Hall going down. I think we know the defense is good now. I don't think there's anything we could have – I don't think there's anything we've looked at on the squad and felt was super reliable in a long time. Offense or defense or anything. We're like, oh, our defense isn't great, but we know we're going to score. Or our offense is pretty good, even though our defense is going to give up some points. We haven't had anything that's our rock in a long time. And now you know, every time you turn that game on on the weekend, other teams are going to have a hard time scoring on us. Not easy to score on the Jets anymore, guys. Getting those three and outs from the other team gives us, even if our offense isn't great, if you keep stopping the other team, you get enough chances, the ball's going in the end zone. So, I mean, I'm really excited for this weekend, guys. Hopefully, we get to 7-3, and three, go to first place. That's all we got for you this week, guys. All right? Hopefully, we take a W this weekend. Michael, if anyone doesn't want to get at us or support us in any way, shape, or form, how could they do that? Hey, guys. We're on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. On behalf of the number one tight end in college football history, and on behalf of the number one high school football coach in the nation today, Sammy O'Hare. My name is Keith Farrell. Catch you next week, everybody. Peace out.